Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another week of DQ with Damani. Probably the most important week of the entire history of this show. We just had one of the most major, if not the most major, week of boxing past us box. Week and weekend of boxing. We just had predicted exactly what was going to happen to Errol Spence, one being Roy Jones Jr. and the other being Andre Berthold. Reaction was pretty similar to a lot of other people who had Crawford winning, whether that was on the scorecards or just from a clean knockout. Andre Berthold's reaction was very genuine, and he knew just about exactly what was going to happen if Spence got hurt. Crawford was going to be able to close the show, and that's pretty much exactly what he said. Go ahead and roll it. I think I told him too. I think I told you too. If y'all see, if y'all see it on my Instagram, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I predicted the situation. I, I mean, I said if Terrence is able to hurt him, he was going to finish him, and I think that was just the case tonight. But at the same time, man, I think, man, look like. Um, you know, Spence was a little flat tonight, too. It looks like he didn't have any steam on the shots for some reason. It seems like that same relentless Spence with that power. Like I said, we didn't see it, you know, like we should have tonight. Um, it probably was because of Crawford. But I knew, um, you know, Crawford was able to hurt him. Um, and he was going to finish it. What do you think Spence could do different in a rematch that he could do, that he could do the execute tonight? Um, yeah. You know, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I said, man, like I said, I love both guys, bro. Um, and I don't know if it was the weight. I don't know if he came out to Vegas a little too early and, you know, started running the hit. I don't know. But it just seemed like he just didn't have 
the same steam on his punches. It seemed like he just didn't have the same pop on the shots. And of course, you know what I mean? Like, That's what Wilder said. He looked, he looked drained. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looked drained. He looked drained. It looked like he just didn't have any steam on the shots, man. And of course, you know, Crawford was sharp. Strong, yeah. and you know everything. I mean, every time he punched, man, he hurt him. So now, what do you think happens next for him? Huh? Oh, man, Crawford gotta be number one. You gotta be number one. Yeah, man, Crawford number one. Power, power right what now. do you think happens next for Earl Spence Jr.? He has to take a break, man. Take a break. Enjoy, enjoy your life. Enjoy some. Of your, I mean, made a lot of money tonight. Enjoy yourself. But rest up. Rest up. Yeah, of course he can rock rematch clause. I think, I think that they're able to. I think he might try to do it. I'm at 54. I think that's in the cause as well. You can go up and wait. I think it's going to be the best situation for him if he does a rematch. He's probably going to go up and wait. What do you think about Canelo and Charlo? Do you think Booth Ennis will be ready for Crawford? I think that would be a great fight. I think that would be a great fight. Um, you know, but as of right now, I might think that Crawford, you know, he, he's paid his dues you know, throughout the years. I think he needs to continue going, making all the big fights, making a lot of money. I can see him and Canelo probably fighting later on. Um, you know, like I said, like Boots' time is coming. He's young, he's fresh, he's hungry. You know, I can see a good fight. I can see that being a good fight, too. So, as you can hear very clearly, he was very sound in his analysis, and I do have to agree with him. And like I mentioned earlier, there were guys like Roy Jones Jr. who said pretty much the exact same thing. So, I do have to say I'm satisfied with all the critics this time around, especially since they didn't really want to give Terrence Crawford a chance. And... Last week's episode, I said this was a 50-50 fight, and regardless of the outcome, I still 100% stand by the fact that the, it it could have gone the exact opposite direction, the exact opposite direction, and I'm saying that because of the way each man fights. We know that Terrence Crawford is an excellent boxer. We know that our boy Earl Spence Jr., despite the shocking loss in knockout fashion, has amazing power in his hands, and he's a very good pressure fighter. He knows how to cut the ring off very well. But Terrence Crawford can do that and more. So it was a matter of who was able to implement their game plan first. Who was able to sit down on their punches first, cut the ring off first, put everything into motion first, and more importantly, ahead of all of those things, who was first to the punch? And it was always Terrence Crawford. Either way, I'm just glad that Terrence Crawford is getting the respect that he deserves. I covered him fairly on this podcast plenty times because I believe regardless of whatever promotion you're on, you deserve the adequate spotlight. It, it, it just comes down to the politics. And I always talk about the politics on here as well. I'm not very politically aligned when it comes to these fighters. I'm not going to only talk about Showtime fighters, only talk about zone fighters, only talk about guys who are over on Queensberry. Like every time I come to a point at which I decide which fighters I want to cover, I'm just like, whatever comes out, is what I talk about. And I'm very glad that I could do that. But it really disappoints me when people end up in situations like Terrence Crawford, where not a lot of people end up showing respect because they've never seen him fight at all. These guys haven't had the opportunity to just hop on ESPN Plus and go watch a Terrence Crawford fight or go check out, well, I'm not sure if Black Prime still has that fight available, but if it's on a streaming platform or by chance highlights on YouTube, you see his fight on Black Prime. You know what I mean? It's 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 kind of difficult to stray 
away from that when you have casuals who are so easily guided by these specific promotions. They only want you to focus on their product specifically. But when it comes to the analysis and the lifestyle and the news and all of that, that encompasses my show, I am always going to report on everybody fairly. And now that Terrence Crawford is getting that type of love compared to the entire media spectacle that Errol Spence was getting, I feel very happy. I'm very happy that he's getting his respect. And it's long overdue. It's about time that he's been shown this kind of love. And it's very disappointing that it took this long for him to get that. And although we spoke on Stephen Fulton just last weekend, I'm very happy that he's getting his respect, his love, his shine in the media right now as well. And I'm very disappointed that it took a loss for him to get that kind of love, respect and admiration from people just aside from his home city of Philly. There's people all over the country who know about Stephen Fulton now. People all over the world know about Stephen Fulton. People all over the world know about Terrence Crawford now. And boxing overall is at a point at which these guys are starting to get more and more attention, more and more attention. And I'm very, very, very pleased with the turnout that the sport's been getting. Y'all knew I was going to talk about it. All you people who keep messaging me talking about Frank Martin, talking about Keyshawn Davis. This is your time to shine. This is your moment. These are the moments that are creating a rivalry before our very eyes. I am pleased to finally say that Keyshawn Davis and Frank Martin have got it on in person. No blows were thrown, but we did get some crazy sound bites between both men. The trash talk was absolutely immaculate. This was some of the best trash talk since the Ryan Garcia versus Tank press conference. Maybe even the press conference between Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. I have no idea. All I know is that it is very obvious that the both of these men, these two young prospects, want smoke. It's time. It's getting smoky in here. And they want it right now at this moment in time. In, I, don't, I don't even think that each of them are in their true primes yet. They're just now starting to come into the phase at which they're done developing. It's time for world-level Opponents. It's time for them to get these title shots going. It's time to see some serious movement in the division involving these men. Like I've said in prior episodes on this show, like I always say, we keep it 100 on the DQ with Damani podcast. And I've said it several times. There needs to be movement involving Keyshawn Davis. There needs to be there. There definitely needs to be movement involving Frank Martin because we just saw him take out two world. Well, I wouldn't say world level, but just about close to world level opponents. His opposition has been at a very, very, very high pace. They're they're getting this guy up gradually, 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 and now it's finally time. Keyshawn, he's been calling these guys out from day one. Frank Martin, he's obviously been taking his time, but he knows that he's in the perfect situation to land a massive title shot. And Keyshawn, he's been asking for it, like I said, since day one. He knows it's his time. It's been his time forever. And he understood that wasting time on top rank wasn't going to get him anywhere. He knows, hey, there are so many guys across the street and even on my own promotion that I could get it on with. It's time to stop with these development fights. I want to be challenged by a world-class fighter. It is time for me to get a belt. 
whether that's, well, I believe he has two regional belts. So yeah, it's definitely time for an interim or something. We know that Keyshawn wants it. And Frank Martin, he's obviously been biding his time as well. He knows the exact same thing. He's like, hey, man, I know where I am skill wise. You guys are giving me development fights. Just stay busy fights while these belts are just being occupied. It's time for me to get me up there. I don't care who I have to fight, whether that's Keyshawn or someone else. Get me up to those belts. It's time. So, hey, I hope you guys enjoy. I know you guys have been waiting a long time for this confrontation. So go ahead and roll it. You know what I mean? It's going to be a good fight. You feel me? But, but, but I, you said what? You said what? Oh, no, it's, it, it'll be, it's going to be a good fight. You know what I mean? He's a good fighter. Bruh, all the all the all the tough shit, bro. You, bro, I'm like that, bro. <laughs> like, like, Keyshawn, like, bro, I'm like that, bro. You say what? How does a fight between you and Frank Martin go? I feel like I I really fuck Frank Martin up, bro. Bro, I feel like I'll fuck Frank Martin up. I feel like he's not on my level. Do you see you just fought? I feel like I way more experience than this dude. I don't know what he. I don't know who did you just fight. I don't know what you just fought. Y'all been knowing. Y'all been knowing. I've been doing out here. You know what I'm saying? Look here. Y'all been knowing me. Hey, look, when it, when it makes sense, when a motherfucker really want to fight, I'm not with all that I talking. Really fight? Look, I, bro, I will fight you. What the fuck is you saying, bro? So tell your peoples, get it right. Bro, you we, tell we, your we, peoples. We can get it right. Hey, we can all get I, it right. All I got to do is holler at my promoter. You say, this is nothing. Hey, all this I got to do is nothing. holler at my promoter. We can get it That's right. It. All right, holler at That's it. What you mean? It's, it's, it's up. I'm going to holler at him. It's up. You know what I'm going You know what I'm going You see how I came. You know what I'm going You feel me? I came you the room. How you come? Yeah, and you, and you know I'm on that same shit. And that's cool. I'm on that same shit. Cool. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's I know. Cool. I know. You feel me? I know. I'm on that same shit. Yeah, yeah. I know. How can it happen when y'all got different What did you think about? What did you think Hey, his bag going to make it happen. This fight got to happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Been doing. Boy, you since the Olympics, since before the Olympics, I bet you been doing. What I've been doing, bro, right? I ain't even yeah, know stop you playing with me, I ain't know you bro. Would. Bro, Ben, know what I've been doing. I ain't, I ain't know yeah, you right. would. I ain't know you would. He know the fuck I am now. Right. Fuck you talking about pushing up. I'm on that same shit I've been on. These niggas is crazy. Hey, look, when, when go motherfuckers want to fight, go back, go back. when motherfuckers want to fight, we we gonna talk get that to your shit promoter. done. Like, just like you said, go talk to your promoter. You heard me. So Frank is applying pressure. It sounds like Frank is applying a whole lot of pressure on Keyshawn because. There's obviously this perception that top rank protects their prospects. They're protecting Xander Zayas. They're protecting Keyshawn. They're protect. They they they're pretty much just protecting all of their young fighters because they're the product. They're their method. They're how they're gonna make millions upon millions of dollars. They're the new cash cows right now. You have your superstars, the premier guys like. Lomachenko, who are obviously going to have their loyal and dedicated fan bases, but everybody's coming outside to see Zender Zayas. The Puerto Rican com community is always going to be coming outside to go see Zender Zayas. Everyone is going to go out and see Keyshawn. Everyone is going to go out and see Shakur. But of course, you know, like I just said, some of those guys are elites and some of those guys are prospects who need to be protected. So Frank is saying like, yo, did you just see the guy you just fought? Like, he couldn't even throw punches at you properly. Like, what are you talking about? You could cook me. In, in what universe are you able to cook me? But then Keyshawn, obviously, he feels like, yo, like, I've been putting in pain since the, since the amateur days. Nobody heard of you in the amateurs. Everybody heard of me at the Olympics. Everybody heard of me at the international competitions 
with the AIBA. Everybody knows about Keyshawn Davis from way back when. But who knows about Frank Martin? And I know, like I just said earlier, y'all are feasting on this confrontation. I know y'all are feasting. And then on top of that, to make matters worse, Frank Martin's entire team confronts my boy Keyshawn Davis outside of the venue. What what Terrence is saying? Yeah, we got a little lower slip. But what Terrence is saying to Earl, Frank didn't do none of that Man, shit. I don't know about that. All that, all that's, those that's boys all he fighting, I will fuck up. You not turn. All the boys. You not turn. Okay, that's on me and Frank. All the boys he fighting. All the boys he fighting, I will fuck up too. Right? It's, it's good. You supposed to feel that way. Two of us. You supposed to feel that way. I will fuck Frank up, man. Fuck all that. So if y'all fight right now and he beats you, what you gonna say? Ain't no ill. I only had nine fights. Ain't no ill. That's what y'all think. If he beats you now. Wait, look, you see, look, that's 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 the ha-ha of ha, now fight. Ten fights. Frank. Hours later, these boys desperately want smoke to the point that which if Frank's not even there, they still going to slot on Keyshawn. The whole team wants it. This is some of the best action that we've seen in boxing in a long time. Very, very excited to see where things go with this fight. I hope that the politics don't mess this up. These two prospects need to get it on. We need some action in this division right now. So I'm not sure if y'all watched Pitbull Cruz's match on the undercard. Since I know a lot of you guys like to just wait until the main event comes on and then bust out your alcohol and your food and all your friends and all that foolishness. But there are a lot of people who watch the entire card. So, oh, man, I, I do have to say that I was very frustrated with the way that Pitbull was fighting. Come on now, dog. Come on, man. It was absolutely horrendous. Hey, boy, ain't no fucking way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. The tank fight, everybody, from, from, from even before that, when he was knocking heads out in one round and everybody's like, oh man, this guy's the Mexican Mike Tyson. People immediately said, this guy needs a jab. This guy is in desperate need of a jab. He needs either a jab to the body, a, a, a stab jab upstairs. He needs a jab. He needs that jab badly. And this fight was the perfect example of why Pitbull Cruz needs a jab. He threw so many windmill punches. 
They were coming from every angle, up, down, left, right. He threw wild punches, and they landed. There was no way that you could watch this fight and say, oh, man, Pitbull Cruz wasn't landing. Because he was, and you could hear it. And the crowd would react every single time he landed these punches. But none of them got this man down. Just let that sink in. He landed his signature power shots. That knocked other opponents out. And he fought another young undefeated prospect and couldn't knock him out with the exact same shots. I'm talking like this man lost the fight, but he didn't. It's just that the showing, the offensive showing was just terrible. And it, it it's really a different level of understanding when you don't watch the fight and you watch me Or listen to me talk about this type of fight and you're just like, oh man, it was a bad performance. No, the fact is he landed a lot of the shots until he realized like, yo, this guy's not going down. And then he started trying a little less hard. He started getting a little less aggressive with the shots when he should have just improved his shot selection. And that's exactly what his coaches were trying to tell him like, yo, you need to switch up your offense. Your offense is way too like one-tracked, single-minded. Like you're not applying enough effort in switching your shots up. There needs to be a lot more option select in your punches. And the only options that he was displaying were overhands and hooks. There was no jab, cross. None of that was to be seen. There was no real boxing from Pitbull this time around. And I would like to see he and his team really work more on boxing because even in his 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 viral sparring footage, which he's gone viral for several times for pretty much outclassing all of his sparring partners, is more boxing. There's no boxing in those videos and there's no boxing in these last two fights he's had. Is he a knockout puncher? Yes, but you're not going to be able to land the knockout shots that you want if you don't set them up properly. You're landing cleanly on these guys' chins, but you need to set up that knockout shot properly. And that is done with jabs and crosses. They're done with straight shots. They're done with better footwork. Because also, his footwork was really bad. And this was the first time that I'd seen that from him. Because usually his footwork is exemplary. His footwork is amazing. And the keys to victory... When these guys are discussing, oh, this fighter needs to do this, this fighter needs to do that on Showtime, they said the exact same thing that I pretty much just said with the straight shots. Those are your setup punches. It's 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 all setup. And when you're relying that much on your power and not so much on your footwork and your setup to land knockout blows, it just looks like you're trying really hard, but the other guy's not feeling your punch. And that was also another thing that all the commentators said. We know that this guy is getting hit, but he's taking the punches really well because there's just not enough thud on them. And that all comes back to how are you setting up your shots? Are they just coming out bare? Are they coming out naked? Are you just throwing naked hooks and landing them and hoping for the best? Or are you throwing more straight punches that are enabling you access to a more powerful shot? So as we wind things down for this week's episode of DQ with Damani, I just want to just spin things right back to the very beginning. Just 
to focus on Errol Spence and Terence Crawford's fight because this was truly a masterclass of boxing. I cannot stress enough how impressive it was to see two undefeated fighters like that go to war with one another. And although the offense from both men, you could question how many different scenarios the fight could have gone down and really just try to fantasize all the different possibilities that could have came into play in this fight. It just shows how impressive that matchup was. The dream of having two fighters in their prime in a division as dangerous as 147 is just amazing. The fact that we were able to land this fight and see this happen in our lifetime is something that not very many people who are sports fans or even have some sort of just casual and not very strong relationship with sports or boxing in general. The fact that you could say that you watched Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence fight is amazing. And I'm sure that there are people from the golden age of boxing who feel the exact same way. Oh, I watched a Mike Tyson fight. Oh man, I, I had the chance to watch Floyd Patterson fight. I had the chance to see Sugar Ray Leonard fight, Roberto Duran fight. I had the chance to see Muhammad Ali fight. All of all, all the generations have had those fights or fighters where you take some serious pride in being able to say that you saw those fights play out in real time. And Terrence and Errol are those guys for my generation. My generation is going to be able to say that we saw this fight happen. And I'm sure that there are so many other guys who feel the exact same way. Whether you're a part of the boxing media or have no sort of role to play in the sport at all, you have the ability to say that. And it's important that we recognize just how powerful that is for sports. There are so many times where we'll see monumental things happen in our sports, whether that's basketball, boxing, hockey, football, not American football. We don't talk about the NFL on here, but it's it's important that we recognize those events because as time passes, what are we going to be able to say? You you saw one game of an unimportant team that nobody really cares about that much. No, you had the opportunity to see that unimportant team win a championship. That one game isn't what matters. The entire season and the end result, what you got in the end, that is what matters. The journey and the final payoff is what matters. And that's exactly what we saw with Terrence and Errol. Errol went through so much, two car crashes. Terrence got shot in the back of the head, climbed all the way up to becoming WBO champion. For Errol, three belt champion, IBF, WBA, WBC champion. He, Both men had such a crazy come up to even dream of reaching those heights. They struggled to be able to achieve those dreams. And it's beautiful that we have access to those stories. And we can say, okay, these both of these men grew up in the projects, had tough, tough lives, extremely tough lives. And somehow they still made it out and got to the highest level of this sport. It's, it's just beautiful. It really is. And I truly would like to see more people recognizing that and showing more reverence to guys such as terror just it, it it really is free 
showing respect, showing reverence, telling these guys how important they are. It's free. It's free. Now, I'm not I'm not saying, you know, hop on, you know, the, the, the meat wagon and, you know, do as bandwagoners do. I would just like to see a lot more respect and love shown to athletes like that, because it's extremely tough to go through all of those things, be underappreciated, finally get a massive break and then realize like, wait, you guys could have been following me and showing me love this whole time. It took me taking all these blows finally to get this. You could have been there for the, from, from the very beginning. And there are so many fighters who are like that in that position right now. Ryan Garcia, who we dogged for losing to Tank in that fashion. Imagine how he feels right now. All that, that could have been avoided if people just hopped on the bandwagon from day one. People didn't wait until he got knocked down by Luke Campbell to say, oh man, this guy is tough. This guy's got guts. This kid is going to go so far. No, you should have been there supporting him when he just came out of California. Sebastian Fondora, knockout loss. Same exact thing. Man came out of Coachella. Nope, nobody wanted to respect this kid from the desert. Where is the love from the very beginning when these guys are just starting out? Support the youth. It's important that we support the youth. We need it. We really do. All right, all right, beautiful people. It's about that time. We've reached the end of another wonderful week of DQ with the mind. August 5th. This Saturday, we've got Jake Paul. We've got Nate Diaz in a clash. For whatever odd reason, a lot of people are attracted to these crossover fights. And like I said, I'm not going to do a breakdown, review, analysis, none of that. Just going to give you guys the alert that that fight is this weekend. So if you would like to tune in, you can. You have the complete freedom to do so. But I do know that you guys are more geared towards the important sporting events the real combat sports not saying that of course that fight isn't a real fight because it is it's a sanctioned fight with texas's athletic commission so we know it's a real match but of course we know how we feel about jake paul we know how we feel about crossover influencer youtube whatever you want to call it boxing matches it's a little foolish it's a little goofy so we do not give our attention but like I said a couple seconds earlier, you are completely free to watch that. I know me, I'm going to probably either catch the highlights or end up watching it out of boredom. If the Amanda Serrano fight doesn't go the way I expect it to, the zone, I believe, is having a double header because she has her undisputed titles on the line. I believe that fight is going to be great. But like I said, if I'm a little disappointed with her performance, things aren't going that well. I might just switch over to the Jake Paul fight just in case. Well, that about does it for this week of DQ with the money. We've run through all the news, lifestyle, and analysis you could ever hope for for this week. I'm very happy that I was able to discuss this Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford fight with you guys. I'm very happy that the 147-pound division is finally unified. We have an undisputed champion. History is once again whole. 
I'm so tired of these belts being scattered across divisions. You guys know I've, I've talked about this so many episodes, the political boundaries, all that stupidness in this sport. It's finally seeming to come to an end. We are breaking the boundaries. We are dismantling the hegemony that these crooked promoters have had over our sport. We are finally seeing the big fights being made. Yes, this is your host, Damani Madir, and I'm very, very happy that you were able to join me for another wonderful week of DQ with Damani. I'll see you guys next week. Be safe and God bless.